0: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the amazon.com or fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show!
1: Orr, fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, go. Ray Bork
0: Scores! Ray Bork From the faceoff
2: circle To the right of Reggie Lindland buying it down And Whitmore blew it
0: he Bounces down to Bergeron He takes the space Pulling it wide To the right of Tatar The snapshot
2: Over to Rossi
0: It's loose And Bergeron scores!
2: Bruins fans and welcome back for episode 76 of the black and gold hockey podcast in partnership with grandstand sports network the best view in sports uh we are minus one today court could not be with us um so rob is back welcome back rob
1: good to be back right been, been waiting to be back for the whole week so yeah it's good to be back
2: that's awesome love the excitement uh um Man, I'm I. I am freaking tired. Uh, I know a lot of people have been seeing my uh, social uh, media um, posts about me skating this weekend on the ponds, and it's been uh, it's been rough on the body. Let me tell you. So we uh, we're a day we're a day late. We are recording on Monday, um, which is not really normal for us. But I needed. I couldn't even like move yesterday let alone sit here and talk uh, Bruins hockey so yeah
1: well, I, I saw the videos and I was like there is no way he's gonna be ready oh man the show!
2: I, I just I got upstairs in my office and I I you know I tried to get something done and I just kept passing out so <laughs> yeah not good oh well um let's get right to it uh last week the uh the Bruins played in three games um uh, there were points to be had, and there was one game that there was no points at all. But uh, on Wednesday night, they played the uh, Detroit Red Wings at, at away and came away with a 3-2 uh, to two overtime win, uh, Brad Marchand, the hero. Um, and then Thursday night, uh, on the le- uh, back half of a back-to-back, they played the Washington Capitals and lost five to three. That was Yikes. a very tough loss, but yep. uh, you know, coming this 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 Washington team really has the Bruins number in the that I've noticed in the past couple of seasons. So
1: yeah, um, I think it's two and a half seasons we haven't beaten them for. So right, not good. <laughs>
2: And to end the week on Saturday, after at five o'clock, the Bruins played the New York Rangers and went to overtime, so scraping away another point. Uh, the Rangers won three to two. But uh, I I don't get I don't get the, the the Washington. It's like almost like every game they play. I'm I'm going into it hoping they win, but the results aren't always there. And like you said, it's been two and a half. Years since you know the Bruins showed up and, and got some points out of these guys, but um, I don't know, it's just kind of frustrating. It's, I, I can't get up for games like that anymore. I just, I really want to see them beat this team, and I know they can, I know they can, but
1: yeah, well, Brandon Holtley plays like a brick wall every time the Bruins come to town, and I think he's played like out of the what will it be, eight games that they've beaten us in a row? I think he's played seven. Yeah. So that just goes to show, like, how good he plays when he's on his game. And he's always on his game against the Bruins. Yeah, so it's, it's, crazy. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just one of them tough games to play. I mean, we went in hot and you're going to go cold at some point. And it just happened during that game. It was a tough game to play.
2: Yeah. And the and the, the month of December is is so uh, condensed with games, uh, lots of back to backs, um, and and you know another back to back starts this week t- and tonight against Columbus and then tomorrow against Buffalo. So, so essentially, they the, the Bruins are going to be playing five games in seven nights, which yep. is which is also crazy. But um, you know, hopefully, not good when
1: we've had the injury bug. Right. But, yeah, it's not a good time. Because uh, I, I, oh, I, I saw that, um, like everyone's talking about when, when guys are going to be back and all that kind of stuff, and is McQuaid ready to play? And this is the scary time when guys come back and the, there's so many games to play at once. But it's whether the Bruins will do what people are thinking and run 7D and hopefully, like, condense that so they don't get hurt.
2: Yeah, uh, the upcoming schedule is uh, four games this week, like I said, starting tonight uh, against Columbus, and they play tomorrow in Buffalo, Uh, and then they play the hot Winnipeg Jets um, on Thursday night, and they play Detroit in an afternoon game on Saturday. Um, This is a Kind of a big game. it's a home game for the Columbus uh, for the Bruins to play Columbus. Um, this is a, another team that's um, kind of uh, up and down this season. they, they, they show signs of, of, of brilliance and then they just they can show signs that they fall flat in the face, but pretty much that's how the Bruins have been um, not, not lately. lately the Bees have been, been playing really well but except for the uh, couple of games last week. I'm just I'm real concerned about like what you you're talking about when people and injured players are coming back, in this schedule, um, it, it's it's tough, um, especially when you, you don't want you don't want any a player to come back and then have him injured again, you know, because you, yeah. you you know you, you're not giving him enough rest if he's not completely a hundred percent so.
1: Yeah, and especially with a guy like McQuaid. I mean, he's coming back from a broken leg. It's not it's not like it's a small thing that he's coming back from. And that's why I think running the 7D is the best way of doing it because you limit his ice time. Split him and Matt Grizzly on ice time. It, that's the best way to bring someone like that back. Make him play less than 10 minutes a game.
2: And When I was, uh, when I was watching Twitter... Um... All day at work today they were saying that McQuaid is probably not going to play tonight against Columbus but uh could be a part of the lineup uh tomorrow in Buffalo. Um so with that being said it, it, McQuaid coming back who's the odd man out? Um It's got to be for me it's got to be Grizzly, because he's on a two-way and he and he, he'll go he won't go through the waiver process.
1: Yeah, it, it it's got to be but to be honest, I think he's been playing well. I'd be happy if it was someone like Vetrano, but it's, they're not going to drop Vetrano. Um, it looks like it's going to be Grizzlik. That's,
2: that's unfortunate because I, I have to agree with you. I've been real impressed with him since he's been up, and and uh, every game he's been playing in um, has been an, uh, an improvement. I love his puck possession skills. Uh, I love the the heads-up play he plays and, and, and fast transition out of the zone. Kind of reminds me of a a Tory Krug, but
1: yeah, reminds it reminds me of Tory Krug when he first broke in, and a lot of players didn't know what to expect of him. And it's the same thing. I think people underestimate him with his size, but he's he's bulldogish in the corners, like he can surprise uh, bigger players in the corners with how strong he actually is. So um, it's one of them things. If he goes back down, he's gonna get. He'll get first pair in minutes down in Providence. He's got it, so it's not going to hurt him.
2: Yeah, the the uh, seventh D or the guy that sits a lot will probably most likely be Paul Postma uh, because yeah. they. I'm not sure if they'll if they'll waive him. If they do waive him, will another team find interest? Who knows? Um, yeah. Maybe another another franchise is looking for another uh, seventh um, defenseman that uh like a filling guy but uh it's obvious that yeah looks the, the guy at this point point, in in my opinion anyway and and like i said that's kind of unfortunate because i kind of been used to his game i like seeing him on the um on that pairing with uh i believe it's kevin miller yeah so i believe that's been pretty good um but speaking of going down to Providence, um, recently uh, Matt Bolesky was demoted to the A8 American Hockey League. Um, what do you? How about your feelings about that?
1: Uh, I, it upsets me the way people reacted to it. Uh, some of the some of the fans on Twitter and Facebook. I I know the guy hasn't played well, but you can tell he gives it his all on the ice. It's not like he's just given up. Um, he's struggling I, I don't like it when people say oh well that's it, his, his game's done he shouldn't be paid like a penny blah 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 I I don't think that's true um, if I was the head coach, like I've said a few podcasts ago, I'd have put him on the first line, I mean I'd have given him all the ice time you could give him uh, and just try and get him hot again yeah. not even hot just creating a bit of offense put him on a line that's scoring a lot uh, and see what happens but just didn't come about did it
2: no and it's unfortunate and I I do understand what, what you mean by some people that are, are basically just trashing them um, you know he is a human being he does have a job and he does have a family support but um, he's going to get paid no matter where he goes so um he just just snake button right now and he has been since he came to Boston pretty much. I mean that first year he came, he did have a decent season, but nothing that reflected his um the contract year, um season he had, uh well, the last one with Anaheim when he got over twenty goals. But um it's unfortunate. Yeah, that
1: that was he was playing pretty much first line minutes with Ryan Kessler's line. Uh, He played power play time, played on the penalty kill. Like he had plenty of opportunities to create offense, and I don't think he's had that in Boston. Right. Uh, He played on David Krejci's line when David Krejci didn't have a right winger who could put points. That was mainly when Pasternak first went up to the top line last season. Uh, It just just didn't work out for him, but. I just hope that he starts to like get his game back a bit in Providence and see what happens, whether they bring him back up if he does do anything
2: well to be honest i mean i've been what i i follow him on twitter and he's been he's been um positive about the move he knows that he has some work to do um and even coach Cassidy has mentioned uh in in uh an interview that he's going to go down to providence and he's going to get his opportunity to get called back up so i don't think this is going to be a permanent move i just think that this is something to uh basically kick him in the ass a little bit and get his offensive um abilities rolling um his first game down in providence he had two shots on net and and that was at no points no goals nothing. but um, I think he played a, an important role and he's going to play an important role down there to some of these kids uh, that are constantly looking for a veteran to look up to and, and, and a leadership role. So, you know, I hope the yeah, best. And form. one,
1: one guy who needs it at the moment is Jesse Gabriel. Yes. <laughs> and he plays a Matt Bolesky type of game. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be perfect for a guy like him. I mean, he's going to get probably one of his role models in the Bruins organization to go down there and help him out.
2: Yeah, and and hopefully that works out because the uh, the when I was in Providence uh, a week ago yesterday uh, for the game against the Utica w- Utica Comets, um, there was a lot of talk that that Gabriel's uh, the monkey on his back was was probably going to get him demoted himself down a league yeah. down to the East Coast League and. And in that game, he ended up scoring a goal, which was, which was kind of uh, huge. But um, hasn't done anything since. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, on a positive note, uh, we got to talk about Patrice Bergeron and 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 his recent milestone. Um, he passed uh, Bobby Orr when he scored his two hundred and sixty sixth goal. Um, and I forgot to write in my notes what game that was. I believe that was the Detroit game.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it was. I
2: could be wrong, but I'm sure I'll hear about it if I am. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 that's, a, that's a, a great moment for him. Um, he's just a great Bruin that deserves basically anything that he can get. And uh, to pass a, a legend like Bobby Orr, Uh, for that many goals, and, and, you know, I mean, Orr played 10 10 seasons in the league before, unfortunately, had some um, injury issues, but, I mean, this guy just continues to be a consummate uh, Bruin, um, and, gives it all, uh, and, and just, it just seems like every game, he gets more and more, a step further into that, into that Hall of Fame status, and, it's just great to see. I mean, I, I love the fact that I've I've watched him since day one and and got to see him grow. I mean, I I got to see him grow as a as a young kid, as an eighteen year old, as soon as he got drafted. But unfortunately, it was his um. It was the lockout year. But I did get to see him in Providence. I play in Providence when I was a season ticket holder in um, in Manchester, New Hampshire. So got to see those guys for twelve games. So.
1: Yeah, it's been the thing. The thing with Bergeron is, I always say, if he retired today, it'd be a sure shot for the Hall of Fame. I I just think he's that good a professional. He's that kind of guy that I think everyone would vote him in in an instant. I don't think there's one guy out there that hates Bergeron. Yeah, I, I, I think Marchand's on a different track to it I, I think there's a lot of people out there that hate him if he can keep going the way he's going I mean he's definitely put the team on the back for the past two years so if he can keep going like that then maybe down the line it's it's there for him as well but because that duo as well like him and Bergeron together there's, there's no better line in the NHL if you ask me
2: yeah especially those two I mean they work so well together. They find each other in the split second um, decisions that you know they just know where they are. You could definitely tell that they practice very well, and and they they just know exactly what point a player is going to be at a certain point in time to make that pass or take that shot. So yeah. now, and now short
1: handed, the deadly, the deadly when they're together on the penalty kill, right. And you see teams back off a little bit and don't try as many fancy things when they're on the ice because all it takes is Bergeron to pick off the pass and Marshan to fly the zone. Yeah. And you're screwed.
2: So dangerous. Yeah. So dangerous. Especially with my I mean, man.
1: I'll always remember against the LA Kings when uh, Marshan flew the zone. Uh, he got given the puck and he took on all five players on the ice. Uh, missed the... I think Jonathan Quick saved it and then he went round to the corner, picked up the puck again and then still put it in. He was just unstoppable that night. And that's that's what I love about those two guys. They just keep going. You can't stop them. Like they're never gonna say they're too tired, they're never gonna say they're too hurt, they're just gonna keep going.
2: Yep. So Well as um the standings right now, after thirty games, the Bruins are fifteen and ten and five. Uh, they have thirty-five points. Uh, they are nine five and three at home, six five and two on the road, six three and one in the last ten. Um, good position right now. Uh, only six points behind Toronto for the second spot in the in the uh, Atlantic. And. Um, Fifteen points behind Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa yeah. Bay is just crazy.
1: Yeah, you know, no one's catching them. Yeah, it's just it's not happening.
2: Watch out for that team in the playoffs, too. I mean, oh, yeah. they 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 definitely poised to make a serious run, even in December, as we're talking right now. I'm I'm pretty much predicting them to um, at least make the conference finals.
1: Yeah, but like I always, say, I hate. I hate calling a team that's going in hot because sometimes that's your downfall. I mean, look at, look at Washington. Yep. How many times have they gone in as the top seed in the NHL? Everyone said they're going to win it and they lose in the first, second round. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Snake bit.
1: Difficult one to uh, predict when it's the playoffs.
2: Yeah. It definitely, there's a lot of season to go. So anything, anything can happen at all. Yeah. Um, i I do like the position that the Bruins are in right now. i mean i i didn't i didn't expect this at all. I expected them to be um the fringe uh wild card, but this is this is good. it's positive it, i mean it it's it's definitely reflecting on a team that that is wants to do well. i mean, I know every n h l team wants to do well, but some want it more than others. And then as the Bruins really didn't make so many moves over the summer to address certain needs, they stuck by the plan. They stuck with the, the youth movement and didn't make any dumb moves with that because that, that's your future.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, things... The, it, it's things like the whole Duchenne trade and everything. I'm I'm so glad we didn't give up uh, even a guy like Carlo, because I know there's people out there now going, "Well, we could have traded Carlo." I, I don't think we could have. No,
2: I still no. believe in Carlo. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna wait a couple more years. To, yeah,
1: to... I want to see. I want to see more of his two-way game that he had when he was younger. Uh, I, I think it's there. We've seen flashes of it when he skates into the zone with the puck. I, I just want to see him get a bit more confident with it. Yep. I yep. like that he's a shutdown defenseman, but I'd love to see like a bit more. Just a little bit more.
2: More shots on net for me would be good. Yeah. And and you know speaking of shots on net, you know what is up with the power
1: play? Uh, they can't they can't set up. They can't set up whatsoever.
2: It's almost like every team that we've been playing lately. I know at the beginning of the season, the power play was pretty decent. But it's almost like teams just have the book out now. And they're like, when this happens, this is what you have to do. When that happens, that's what you have to do. And, and the coverage, I've noticed, um, coming once they cross the line in the neutral zone and you know trying to work towards the, uh, the blue line, towards the goal, it just seems like everything is so compressed. The, the teams like basically know what's going on. They know who to cover, and and a lot of the times that's that's when they the Bruins are making some pretty bad turnovers.
1: Yeah, because it 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 looks pretty simple. Because to me, if I was playing against the Bruins, I was one of the coaching staff. I'd just say to my players, right? If Tory Krug's on the ice, you cover Tory Krug. If McAvoy's on the ice, you cover McAvoy and you get one guy on Bergeron or whoever's playing centre, that's how you deal with the Bruins power play. Because they, they have a bumper down the middle, they have a quarterback who's the defenseman, and it's the same two defensemen. That's all you got to do. And I, I honestly think they need to switch it up. I, I'd put a guy like Riley Nash on the power play and... I'd put guys who were further down the line up, Danton, Hine, and guys like that, I'd I'd put them in the power play. I'd give them time, change it up a bit, and then go back to what worked at the beginning of the year. Because if you just keep playing the same system over and over again, it's never going to work, because teams catch on. That's what you're starting to see now.
2: Yeah, it's just... It's it's definitely gonna get it better. You have the, the Bruins have a lot of time to get this back on track, so um yeah. especially well, you know, not this week when you got uh four games in um six nights, so
1: um They need to Sorry like, five nights. I would like to see them go back to like what worked between two thousand and eight to two thousand and twelve and just put pokes on the net. I mean there's so many games we've played where I'm watching and I go, right, that, that goalie's got some bad rebounds right now. But they they pass the puck around and look for an opportunity to score. Yeah, Just put the puck on the net. Just get two guys in deep like they used to. Two guys around the net, one guy out high. Just play the puck in. That's the best way of doing it. Like and they're not doing it. The pass they're passing and passing and passing, looking for the most opportune time. And then they're getting caught out on the breakaway, so
2: There was there was one play that involved dancing Heinen. Um I'm not I'm not sure what game it was. But you know, you cross the line, they cut, they group, they you know, Heinen has enough time to get towards the net and Chara just fires it on net and, and, and Heinen's right there for the tip. Basically yeah. unmolested. So those are the types of plays that the Bruins have to do moving forward. You know, you take the shot on net and, and you know, what did Gretzky say? You know, you're not going to – you can't score on – oh, I don't remember. Forget it.
1: It's a uh, – you you can't score a shot that you don't take or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, something like that. Or you that. score – you don't score 100% of the shots you don't take – Something
2: along yeah, those very ones. similar. But that's exactly it. Is instead of making trying to go for that that crisp pass, tape the tape, and and create an opening when when the opposing players um, might give you a little room to take a shot, just fire it on net and see what happens. I mean, that's exactly what Chara did. He took the chance, and Heinen was right there to to benefit from it. So. And how shots. many
1: times have we been screaming for Chara to unleash the slap shot a bit more?
2: Yeah, and uh, I, I haven't seen it much at all. Killing
1: me no. at
2: all this season.
1: I think he's scared that he's going to get blocked, and then it's kind of and then the odd man rush. The coming player, back. yeah, the player's past him. I mean, he's not quick enough anymore to be able to kind of stop that from happening. And I think it kind of it stops his game a little bit um I, i'd love to see him just set up as the one-time option on the right hand side and just only shots all day long yeah because i think that'd be i think he'd create a lot more chances doing that but we'll see
2: he's definitely got to shoot more that, that that's my thing and i mean he's got to use i i know probably if you take 60 shots 40 of them and they hit the glass yeah, you know that's a given, but but you know just take the opportunity and see what happens. I mean, I mean. But
1: Krug, has been like that in the past, but this season his shot seems to be on. Yeah, like a lot of his shots are either hitting the pads, hitting the chest, or going in. Like there's, I don't hear the glass as much when he shoots anymore and that used to be one of the things that everyone hated because as soon as he take a shot, they knew straight away that he was going to hit the glass.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely those, those the young players are always the, the, the high glass ones. And then it seems like after a couple of years, they, 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 they come down to, to hit the goalie and the pads and the chest area, like you mentioned. Yeah. But, um, What's going on with Jake DeBrusk? Do you have any idea? I mean, have you seen anything different in his game that would warrant his second um, game sat? I I don't.
1: I, I don't know. I think they're just trying to see what fits in the lineup now. The guys who seem to be sitting are the guys who aren't waiver, the waiver eligible. So I, I think they're trying to kind of see if they have to send someone down. Who it would be? Um. I'm I'm not sure. I think they're just trying to find the the best fit for players and guys like that. Like I've said last time, when he was sat, um, like it can only help him. It's not going to hinder him sitting a game. Yeah. Uh, how many games has Bjork missed now? Is it just the one?
2: Yeah, since well, yeah. since he came back.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's another guy like. It can't hurt for him to sit as well after having time off. Like that's always an option for him to have the seat for a while. But um, it's just hard when a lot of fans go, "Oh well, I thought this was a youth movement. Why are we sitting the youth?" Well, it's a teaching thing. Like let them learn by watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they're not just watching. I mean. You've got to imagine that guy is just not sat on the top floor on his own. I bet there's a guy with him going, you see how that worked, and this is what we're going to do here, and this is, like, it's all training. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, I don't know, I, I, see, I see positives in Jake's game, and um, I, I see brilliance in Jake's game, too. But uh, there's other times I just, I almost feel like, because he's so young and because he's a rookie he might be the that, that, the scapegoat for for uh the opportunity to be sat um, and it probably isn't anything to do with his game at all and I hope he's not taking it to heart uh the interview the other day I kind of got the feeling that he was a little he's 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 not happy when he when he sits and no. I mean nobody is but uh, I I really hope that the Bruins don't take what he mentioned, and it wasn't anything bad. I'm not saying that he he went out and said that you know this person is doesn't know what they're talking about. They shouldn't have sat me, but he's just like you know it sucks, and I don't like it, and I don't want to do it again. So, but it's just yeah. it just he's given off that notion that he's he's getting frustrated with it, and um, and
1: it must be frustrating watching your team lose as well. Yeah, like thinking I could have helped there or I could have done more than that guy did this game. Right. Like, if they've got the fight and the will to do it, then it is, they're going to be annoyed and they're going to be stressed out. So, I mean, I I really like Jake's game. I, I think he's got a long future with the Bruins. But... It's one of them things he's gonna have to learn to do as he's told. Just sit this game and watch and find out what's going on and everything like that. Just you can't complain. Like even if it's not meant to be a complaint, you can't say things that can be taken wrong because look at Kolkachev. And yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't mean it as in, oh well, I'm sick of the Bruins because they don't play me or blah 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 blah. I'm sure he didn't mean that like three seasons in, but it was taken that way. Yeah,
2: yeah. you for it, watching it.
1: Yeah, and it pissed off a lot of people, not just in the Bruins organization, but outside of it. And I'm sure he probably could have found a different NHL team to play for if they didn't think he was going to come play. So.
2: And then you you brought up Bjork's name, um, and and the the fan reaction to him is is still. There's a lot of people that would like to see him brought down to Providence and somebody else brought up.
1: Yeah, I, on I mean, but, but who do you bring up? Exa- I mean, the thing is, I have been saying all year long that there's two guys I would bring up, Zach Nation, just to see what he's got at the NHL level. Um, and I mean, that's like one or two games and then send him back down. Uh, But the main guy I'd bring up is Austin Zarnik, but when you do that, you split up the hottest line in the AHL right now. Yeah. And do you really want to do that? I don't think they do.
2: Yeah, that line is absolutely crazy. It's been a pleasure to watch all season long. Uh, that's, That's Kenny Agostino, Austin Zarnik, and... Oh my god, I'm drawing a blank again. Schwarz. Yeah, Jordan Schwarz. Um, yeah. those those guys are definitely the, the best line in the AHL
1: by far. Um, and a bit, lots of people are really surprised with Schwarz. Like uh, people that don't probably haven't watched a lot of Providence over the last two seasons, they're really surprised with this guy because he's not like a big name prospect or anything. Right. I mean but he's he,
2: he was just a, a free agent signing by the Bruins, yeah.
1: um, and he was signed onto an AHL contract to begin, wasn't
2: he? Yeah, the first year it was yeah. an AHL only, and then this past season he re-signed uh, a, two-way, On a two-way, 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 yeah. one-way, way oh, two-way, one-year deal. So yeah,
1: and he, I guarantee, he will be back with the Bruins next year. Yeah, he's well, not one of the guys who's gonna they're gonna like lose a roster spot for. So, he'll definitely be back on a two-way deal, I think. Mind you, with a season like he's having, he might chances look at trying to get a one-way deal, when I doubt it. Right.
2: Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, hm. I'm running out of topics here.
1: <laughs> well, where what? A lot of people are calling for a trade right now. Uh, a lot of people are looking around the league. There's teams like Ottawa that there's rumours that they're going to blow it up and blah, 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 blah. Who out of the the teams out there that are apparently shopping players would you even take a sniff at? Oh, wow. Because there's a lot of people talking Evander Kaye Kane. Uh, I, I see
2: I don't want I don't want trouble and I just I I see trouble in Kane. I I get his talent. Yeah. But I he no team, no coach has been able to harness him and harness yeah. that talent. It's there, but you always have that the other side of the coin that he's going to do something stupid. Yep. He's been with and we tried teams. it with Zach Ronaldo Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. He yeah. I mean kane has been with three teams, and I don't know. I I, I don't see it. I, I I see I see his gritty style as a typical Bruins player. Yeah, and he can have that that edge to him, and he can put the puck in the net, and he's fast. There's no doubt about that. I just I don't know. If, I don't know if that's the type of you know player that that Boston needs at this point. Um. And there's there's a lot there's a couple of people on the in the uh, in the Twitterverse that are constantly asking for a, a, an enforcer. I, I just don't get that. You know, yeah, it, I don't. If the that. NHL wasn't going in the direction it's going in right now, I wouldn't. I would be on the on the, you know, I'd say yeah, let's go out and get a guy that can kick some kick some ass. But that's not the way the game's trending, and I, I'm not overly thrilled with it. But it is what it is. There's nothing that I or any of the fans can do about it.
1: Yeah. It's just... the, the problem I've seen around the league right now is that everyone shopping players wants prospects. Yeah. They, they don't want picks. Like, no one wants just picks. No one wants, like, older guys. No one. Everyone who's gearing up for the playoffs doesn't have salary cap to fit older guys in that are on bigger deals. And. Like, the only older guys on smaller deals, we have McQuaid and Miller, and they're not really on smaller deals for what they are. They're on, what, two and a half mil? Yeah. I mean, that's not really a small deal for a sixth defenseman, which is what they both are. They're a bottom-pairing, bottom-of-the-line defenseman. I mean, Um,
2: honestly, to answer your question, if if this Bruins team were were anywhere in the – Bottom five with Buffalo, Florida, Ottawa, Detroit, and Montreal, and yeah. pretty much looking like they're out of it for the playoffs. I would possibly make a move, but that's that's not that's not to get anywhere in the playoffs. That is for sustainability in the next season, the season after, you know. Yeah. But you you have to. You have to be smart. Do your due diligence as always. The, the um, general managers do behind closed doors. Is they're always looking at the salary cap. That is the biggest factor in making a deal. Is can you bring on salary? Well, I mean, like you said, people are looking for prospects. So a prospect goes the other way. I guarantee a prospect's not making more than nine hundred fifty thousand dollars.
1: No. And how do you fit six million in when you're only getting rid of a million?
2: Exactly.
1: You know, and that... this, i mean—is there any really bad contracts on the Bruins that need shifting? I don't. No. Be- I don't believe so. I um... mean, I, I honestly think that everyone earns the way. I know people call out to Rask for the seven million, but the way he's played in the last ten games, he's it, worth it to me. Yeah. I uh... mean. Uh, who else? David Backus. I think he's been earning his money, and I think he's a, a mentor to a lot of the kids. There's a lot of guys that have come in here that haven't played a heavy game before that are playing a heavier game when they're around a guy like David Backus. Speaking
2: of Backus, are, are you are you surprised on how he came back from this?
1: I'm surprised at how hard a game that he plays coming back from because this. of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he'd honestly come back and try and be a bit more of a like skilled forward than a gritty forward. He hasn't done that. He's just come back and bang bodies about. I'm not, so,
2: I'm not sure if it was in uh, Elliot Friedman's 30, 31 thoughts or it was just a tweet from Elliot. But um, I, I think he mentioned... While David Backus was going through this, that he would he probably won't come back the same player. Yeah. And Wow that was totally wrong, and I like I love Elliot. He's a great guy. One of my go tos, as in Darren Dreger and and Bob McKenzie. But um, yeah, I I think uh, if anything, he probably used something like that as more motiv- and the and the surgery he had and the downtime he had as motivation to come back and and be even stronger. I mean. You're obviously two or three pounds lighter, but uh, yeah. you know I I just think he his insertion into the lineup again just kind of invigorated the 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 hitting game and and the passion to finish checks and and, and be a force when you're out there. But
1: yeah. yeah, and I think he's he's lit a fire under other guys' asses. I mean, playing with Spooner Spooner look, looks a lot different when he's on that line with Bacchus. He works his ass off when he's on that line with Backus, I don't think there's any player that will ever uh, be a passenger on that line. I don't think he'll allow anyone to be a passenger on that line. Um, And I just, like, when you look at the depth of the lineup when he plays on the third line, you look around the league and there's not a lot of it there. There's not a lot of teams that have a guy like David Backus on their third line. Right. Um, and I think it's amazing that the Bruins have done this so many times where they've had third line guys who could easily play in the second or first line of any other NHL team so
2: you know what's frustrating sometimes is is the when I know Haggerty wrote one and I um, I think somebody else it, it seems like when one beat writer writes an article, the other one has to follow up with the same topic and it kind of pisses me off sometimes because that's like pretty much like copying you know what I mean yeah and I try not to do that if I see if I see somebody write an article and it's like I'm not gonna go even though I had the same idea I'm not gonna go after that Man, I'm just gonna figure out something else and if I get stuck I always I always have my default where I can write an article about somebody in Providence that nobody's really doing so.
1: Yeah, but and that that annoys me so much that there are only a couple of guys out there that talk about Providence, Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, I barely see anyone other than you guys talk about Atlanta. Yep. I really don't see any articles about the Glads. Uh, I I don't see a lot of articles about anyone in the junior systems unless they've done something amazing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tried to, you know, you know, I mean, Cedric Paré had three assists the other day. I I, I would like to, you know, mention that because people need to know about these kids that are coming up, and I find it important. And I'm learning. I'm learning every time I, I do research on these kids, and I think it's, it's good for me to pass that information on, whether you like it or not, you know what I mean? But yeah. but the thing that bothers me about the writers is is now the David Krejci thing is coming back. Like, when are we going to get somebody to to play with Krejci? And you know, it's oh, like,
1: I saw that today. Yeah, yeah. when just, when is he going to get some wingers? That's uh, that's just crap. Yeah, I I mean he had David Pasenak. David Pasenak went to play with Bergeron and and played out of his mind. So you have to keep that line together, right? Um. Jake Brusque played well with Krejci. Uh, I know he's sat a few games, but he's played really well with him. Um, Anders Bjork has played well with him. Um, but the worst oh, part about
2: it is everybody's. everybody looks at that first line and it says, Marchand, Bergeron, and X-Factor. And then they automatically yeah. go down to the second line and go, well, has never had any time or any chemistry with anybody. And, oh, what's the problem? There's always a Oh, it could be an attitude or it could be this and it's like you can't have four full lines of of outstanding depth. Yeah. You know, you can't have players like like Bergeron and Marchand on every single line. So, this stuff happens. I mean, adjustments have to be made. And whether David Krejci said anything or not is is what it is what it is, but I I think he deserves to Find somebody that's gonna create a little chemistry with him.
1: Yeah. You know who played really well with him? Um oh what's his name? He's just gone out injured. Oh, I'm drawing a blank now. What's the guy from who came up from Providence but got injured called? Oh. I don't know. Ah, oh, I can't even think what his name is. Well um, it wouldn't
2: be it wouldn't be somebody from Providence. was it isn't it's not Bjork.
1: No, uh he came up last season as well caloric oh solaric all right all right yeah all right yeah. you
2: weren't you weren't here last week no it, it's it's i've been saying this totally wrong and i and i said the same thing to um to court last week it's it's spelt solaric uh not ca well
1: there you go. Learn yeah. something new every day. Yeah. But, My
2: good friend, Rhonda McClure, she uh, she sent me a tweet and said, you, uh, you're killing it. You're killing me <laughs> stop, on these names. Stop saying it like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, but he played really well with um, with Croce. I, I think he slots straight back in when he's healthy again. Yeah. I really do. He's got a um, leg
2: injury right now. And a but, fellow Czech Republic native. Yeah. Or... <clears throat> Or but, Slovakian, I'm
1: not sure. Eastern European. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have uh, said that. <laughs> <laughs> just in there, trying to stick them all together. Right. Um, yeah, but I, he's, he's had chemistry with players, but the young guys, they're not going to be consistent right now. Um, and you can't really blame it all on David Krejci. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think it's his fault. He had, He's had l- a lot of good times in the past, and I think he got stuck with needing that power-forward bullcrap that everyone goes on with because of the time that he had Lucic on one side and Horton on the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think he does. I mean, there was one point where he had uh, Soderbergh and Louis Erickson with him, and that line played amazing and neither neither of those guys were powerful, so yeah um yeah i I just think I think he'll do a lot better in the future when some of these kids are more uh productive and more consistent I really do I'd like to see them stick a guy like Schwarz with him if it comes down to it just a a guy who's great. uh but They've got so many players in the system they could stick with David Cratchy and he'd make him put points up. That's the kind of player he is.
2: Yeah, definitely. The future yeah. definitely looks bright.
1: Yeah, and I don't think he needs consistent line mates with like you look at the effect of him and Bergeron being back together and how many games they've won since then. It it just goes to show that it just him being in the lineup at all makes things better yeah
2: yeah Yeah. you you gotta you gotta be accustomed to play with with whoever you you know is is in the lineup that particular game and whether you can uh get consistency or chemistry uh that's totally up to them on on a game-to-game basis because it just seems that with the past three or four seasons like like we've been talking about he just hasn't had anybody that's you know he he doesn't have the the Marchand to to the Bergeron, um, yeah. So and and once he gets that, who knows what kind of player he'll be.
1: Um, so uh, who knows? I mean, he he has had them guys. He had Milan Lucic, um, he had Riley Smith at one point, uh, but it just seems that anyone on the second line, as soon as they underperform, uh, they just out. yeah they just go down. Yeah, they they either go back down to Providence or they drop to the third or fourth line. I, I just want to see. I, I honestly think the future is Jake Nebraska on the left, and one of either Danton Heinen or Anders Bjork on the right of Krejci. I I'd, I'd love to see that. I really would. Yeah. And there's guy there's guys next year that could fit into that. I mean, there's Fitzgerald might get a shot. We haven't seen him at the pro uh, the NHL level yet. Um there's there's plenty of guys you could slot in there with David Krejci. But I, I think them articles are mainly the call to the people who are demanding trades.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and you start to say names from teams that are like shopping around players. And everyone's like, Oh yeah, that guy'd go really well with him. I, I hope they trade for this guy and I hope they trade for that guy. And that that's the whole it's the whole clickbait like um like generation. Yeah. All you have to do is put a put a title with one like a player's name missing out of it. Like you'll never guess who did this. Like, I don't care. Like I really <laughs> if if you put one of them titles and I'm reading that, you're not getting a click off me because I'll refuse to just on the basis that you're trying to make me do it, and I won't. (laughs) That's the type of player I am. (laughs) If you said to me, oh, uh, there's a a five-minute shortcut if you go down that road, I'd be like, no, I'll go the long way. (laughs) Don't tell me to do that, no. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) But I, I don't know, it just seems like... I know it's calling names out, but guys like Haggerty at the moment and a few others, um, they are doing the clickbait, thing.
2: It's too I bad. Don't... It's too bad yeah. because uh, for a long time, I don't know, for, <coughs> in my personal opinion, it wasn't like that with those guys. And all of a sudden, it just seems like everybody's doing it, so why not? Yeah. And it's all, and it av- seems it's, all like it's... it's all advertising. It's all advertising, revenue generated.
1: Yeah, I honestly think it's the The people they work for realize how much money that makes when they put a thing like that up, and they're just told to do that because no one, no one who works for a company that writes, who isn't like a a blogger, who is actually like works for it, they get told what to do.
2: Yeah, because you're a.
1: Puppet. They don't. Yeah, they don't choose it. I mean, there's a few guys out there that. I understand guys like DJ Bean um, they kind of have a bit of free reign of what they do Mm -hmm. and especially on Twitter Um, (laughs) but there's guys out there that do have a bit of free reign but a guy like Haggart he doesn't seem to and if he does uh, and I'm wrong about that then that's a pretty shitty thing he's been doing for a while (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't think I've read one of his articles in quite a long time just for the fact that they tend to annoy me just by the title.
2: <laughs> All right, my friend. I think that we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a good show. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. been a bit a bit of ranting about everything. Right. Well, we haven't. You cool. got the English guy on on his own. So <laughs> ranting's what we do over here. Right.
2: No, it's good to it's good to talk. I'm glad that you uh, were able to make some time on a on a Monday night, and I know it's late, so. Um, oh no
1: it's all good Uh, uh, like i said i've been waiting for this all week so i've kind of hyped myself up to it nice
2: (laughs) nice uh i will get my prospect prospect report out um in a little bit so stay tuned for that but uh thank you very much everybody for listening and tuning in um you can find us on apple Podcasts, google play uh soundcloud stitcher iHeartRadio, Radio, anywhere pod catcher, we are on it basically. Podbean, um, and uh, thanks to the patrons, we did have a Patreon question, but I totally forgot to ring it up, and uh, sorry, Spencer, we will get it next week. Well, I'll put yeah. it on next week's show, so. so. And the main
1: um, thing is, happy Christmas to everyone, because this is going to be the last one before Christmas. It is.
2: Happy holidays to all the listeners, all supporters, um, all the families. Uh, we hope nothing but the best, um, and we will be tweeting out our schedule as of next week. We're not sure what's going on, so uh, if we get one in, we'll we'll let you know. If we don't, we'll let you know too, because we, we have those rabid fans that uh, if we don't get an episode out, they... Tend to oh, yeah. tend to send me a message saying, uh, "What's up? Here's what yeah. the show."
1: But happy holidays, happy new year! I hope the Bruins win lots of games while I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. I hope you all have a, a good time.
2: Yep, Rob Rob will be gone for two weeks. He won't be back until after the New Year. So
1: yeah, it'll be around probably the weekend. will be around the twelfth or the thirteenth, I think, when I'm back. Yeah, we'll be so. looking.
2: We'll be looking for a, for a fill-in guest until then. So I'll be I'll be working hard to find that. And um, again, we just wish uh, all you and your families the best. So and thanks again for listening. We will see you
0: soon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold Two Seven Seven at Court La and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.